Welcome to Fatal Flaw. I'm Molly. And I'm Maddie. A couple of disclaimers before we start. There will be spoilers for Percy Jackson and the Olympians and Heroes of Olympus. There will be adult language and adult topics, so proceed with caution. Mom, please don't listen to this. those disclaimers for real like if you've ever shared a last name with me please don't listen to this episode (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say some shit um oh boy better buckle up (laughs) (laughs) i would like to start off by introducing our first guest i'm so excited for this this is literally Talking to my friends about Percy Jackson is literally the reason I started a podcast. Without further ado, our first guest, Megan. Hi, guys. My name is Megan, and I am very excited to be the first and uh, not last. Really- <laughs> <laughs> no. I've, I've seen the guest list. It's going to be a long and storied um, guest list, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm very excited to be the first guest. I have known Maddie since college, and we're all grown-ups now. And uh, Molly, okay, so I'm assuming our listeners know about the L word uh, map about like you know the connecting all the names. I don't. So think they do. wait, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> if you just if you just search like the L word map or graph or something like that chart, it's the chart. chart the chart. So it's like all of the different connections between all of the characters and basically our college, the Wooloo, the, the, the queer women community is basically like that. <laughs> it's just basically all connected. And I'm pretty sure it's like that at like most small liberal arts schools. But um, yeah, it's definitely like that at, at our school. And uh, we never actually met in college, but we had so many mutual friends that it's kind of amazing that we didn't. Like and- I had a class with your girlfriend and had no idea until like earlier this year and by the way we followed each other on tumblr for like six years oh yeah like yeah when you look at the thing where it's like mutuals for whatever it's like yeah it's five or six years and i had literally never met you and i don't know how we started following each other it might have been one of our mutual friends but it also might have been that we were both in the one direction fandom in like 2011 and so i might have just started following you then who knows and the third wheeling begins. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on oh, right no. now, guys. So I'm just going to smile and nod. So, Megan, that's that's your history with us. What's your history with yeah. Percy Jackson? Oh, so, yeah, that's my history with you guys. So a little bit about me. Like, you guys introduced yourself on the first episode. I actually, you can kind of see, I know that podcasting is not a, a visual medium, but to show you guys how... <laughs> battered my copy of the lightning thief is because I was like one of the OGs in middle school like you know I've always been a huge book nerd and I'm pretty sure that was one of the things that I got into in sixth grade because I like vividly remember being in my sixth grade reading classroom and they played like the oh what do you got the trailer for like the scholastic book fairs to like get you excited for all the books and like get you to come see it yeah Maddie I think we had a similar a similar (laughs) we had the same experience experience. but I think I remember there being like a like a little snippet for Sea of Monsters and I was like oh my god I know that series (laughs) we watched the same video (laughs) we we must have even though that's so funny can we go on like Scholastic's website and find that video from 2008 (laughs) Oh, please. So I'm a few years older than you guys, so I was in sixth grade. And I was in fourth grade. What yeah, year was so, that? So in, it would have been, been like 2006. <laughs> okay, so but. yeah, we'll search like Scholastic Trailer 2006, and then we'll put it on our Instagram. We'll find it. Yeah, 2006 yes. 2007, one of the two. Because the great thing about being my age is that the year is the grade that you started. So like in 2006, I started sixth grade. Oh, what? Isn't that amazing? Good for you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. 1995. But, yeah, so that actually has probably been a lot of the reason I can remember when anything happened in my life. (laughs) Because God knows I don't remember linear time any other way. You... You should have mentioned this on the jealousy episode because we should have had you on the jealousy episode because the feelings of jealousy that are like coursing through my veins (laughs) right now that is so satisfying numerically 
Oh, oh my God. No, it, it really is. So yeah. So that was, you know, something that I got, I was into and like, it's very firmly middle school for me. So like when I hear people talking about like, oh, I remember in elementary school, I'm like, no. And that was also a very like, so I switched schools in middle school because my parents got divorced and then I moved to a different town. And so like, it's a very like hard, like, yes, this was middle school was when I like really got into like young adult novels and stuff. I'll talk about Meg Cabot a little bit later on when we talk about, um, <laughs> little class you did were so cute uh when we start talking about growing up and stuff and what's you know appropriate for books and what's not or whatever what we think is but yeah I remember in sixth grade was when I really got into from middle grade to young adult novels and I I think of them in kind of like groups and so it was like Percy Jackson it was Maximum Ride was like huge for me Make Cabot Hunger Games like all that stuff was like starting in middle school for me yeah so yeah we go way back like Percy Jackson was one of the first things I wrote fanfic for way back when it was still on (laughs) fanfic.net instead of AO3 we go way back so it's always been something that I have read and loved and then this year got back into it in a big way it was definitely like Molly's influence yes (laughs) I mean it was you but also (laughs) but also so I remember very vividly in October I had just ended my first adult relationship and was in a very fragile (laughs) mind space. And my mom was having health issues and we went to the Mayo Clinic for a week. And my sister was the one who was going with her to the appointments. And while she was there, she was reading, she was rereading Percy Jackson and also watching the movies on her phone while she was like in these waiting rooms and like texting me like little things that she was remembering while I was working from the hotel room. And like that Plus, starting to talk to Molly more about stuff, I was like, oh my god, I have to reread. So then I reread, it was over Thanksgiving break, I just plowed through all of them, like all at once, and got back into it in a big way. So so I just want to take a second to to say that on Megan's Twitter, if you go, I think you have a hashtag, is it hashtag? I do. Yeah, so I have been uh, tweeting every single book that I finished since 2010, because when I got on Twitter in 2010, it was for YA Twitter, and everybody was talking about what they were reading. So I was like, oh, I'll just, it, you know, it's like Goodreads, you know, where you, you update it with, you know, what you're reading. But I was just like, I'm telling everybody on Twitter. So I use a hashtag called Megan Reads, and then the year. So every time I finish a book, I tweet it. So you can you can literally, you can go through Megan Reed's 2020 and see the period of time, like over Thanksgiving, where I was finishing like a book a day. It was literally like yeah. Monday, The Lightning Thief. Tuesday, Sea of Monsters. Sometimes twice and in a you day, can, I'm sure. You can watch her pass me uh, in reading all of the books because I tweeted at her. <laughs> it was like, oh gosh, like you're reading these so much faster than me. And she was like, don't feel bad. And I was like, that just made me feel worse. <laughs> no, like, I I don't want my hashtag to, like, make people feel like I'm, like, bragging about what I read or, like, I don't know. I use it. No, it was me. It was me feeling guilty that I was taking so long to read these with Molly breathing down my neck. And no, I, <laughs> I just, I wanted to figure out what's going to happen. I wanted to start and the I podcast. Read them before. <laughs> And I hadn't read them before. So like I was reading them slower than you because you've read them before. So obviously you were going through them so much faster. And I don't want you to feel like I was (laughs) feeling bad about it. It was just funny to me that we read them at the same time, but also at different times. (laughs) No, 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 I tweet it because I want people to like talk to me about stuff I'm reading. Like when I tweeted about Meg Cabot a couple weeks ago in December she retweeted me and she like reached out to me and it, it was really cool and I can talk about that more when we get into it later so this isn't a Meg Cabot podcast despite what it I'm should trying be. to turn it into apparently I also love that we've talked about Twitter so much in the 14 minutes and 37 seconds because that's like <laughs> formative to my Percy Jackson experience and my friendship with Megan I mean, it's formative for a lot of me as a person, honestly, which is kind of scary, probably. But I mean, like, that I made a lot of friends on YA Twitter that I'm still friends with now. Like, I grew up with, like, a group of, um, like, older, like, literary friends on Twitter that I'm still friends with now. And I mean, I was really lucky that I ran into this group of people that were, like, good internet influences and that I was, like, able to stay away from, you know sketchy stuff follow me on twitter my twitter is megan aflame flaming like because we'll I'm... do that at the end yeah, okay. megan come on is that a we'll do that name? at the end 
it, it's it's an Aries fire sign thing and also oh. a gay thing. Okay, good. Because you're like flaming. Okay. Yeah. We love a versatile Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your godly parent? Oh, is it a cop out to say Athena? Like, no. Is it- no. Okay. No. It's just, it feels like a cop out because everyone who reads the books is someone who spent their childhood reading books. Yeah. So it's like, just like disproportionate. Yeah. And like, I did think a little bit about Apollo, like you, Maddie, because I am also, so I'm in public health, which is, as we all know, a, a flaming shitstorm right now. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, not, I, I'm not like Maddie. I'm not a, a medical professional. I'm in the education side. So, like, kind of Apollo and, like, the, the music and, like, kind of, like, hippy-dippy part of that, like, appeals to me. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Apollos are more in touch with their emotions. I don't know. Does that make sense? Are you really into Mamma Mia? Yeah. What kind of a question is that? <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're really into Mamma Mia, you're an Apollo kid. Okay. Well, did you, okay, thank God. Did you ever watch the video I sent you yesterday where I said... <laughs> did I watch the video you sent me yesterday? Do you think I would not take advantage of an excuse to watch the... Lay all your love on me. Lay I... all your love on me. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I said Percy Jackson, Mamma Mia, AU. <laughs> oh, my God. That... the lay all your love on me video. But... It's a dark-haired guy and a blonde, curly-haired girl rolling around on the beach. Like, I'm so it. into that. That's so good. <laughs> so Before we move on with the rest of the podcast, I need to calm down for a second. <laughs> Anna Beth would be... doing that. <laughs> the little crawl on the beach. Oh, no. <laughs> That's exactly... The... When I was thinking of it, like, that's exactly what popped into my mind. I was like, oh, no, that that's too enticing. <laughs> Last thing in our list of things for Megan to introduce herself. Um, who are you? Like, as a person. <laughs> I think we already got that. Yeah, I think you, you've gotten a lot more than I, not that I intended, because I've been, like, thinking about, like, man, how, how much of myself do I want to reveal? And the answer is, I don't know how not to reveal my whole self. <laughs> <laughs> I said something to Molly about me being an enigma the other day, and she was like, uh, I know that you remember your middle school boyfriend's email address. You're not an enigma. <laughs> and I was like, I have never been so thoroughly read in my life. I was seven when I made my first email address, and it was matzamolly at AOL.com. <laughs> I think you should still go by that. I I agree. Um and then in eighth grade, I was like, you know what? This is silly. I made this when I was super little. It's so immature. I'm going to make a new one. And so I made a new email address. And it was it was PetaMalark1D at AOL.com. I love Ooh, that. There is a lot Ooh. to unpack there. That's just. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Would would Peter be a son of Demeter? Because he's the boy with the bread. Oh, yeah. I think. I know this isn't possible, but I think, like me, he identifies more with Hestia, the feelings of like mm-hmm. hearth and home. Yeah, but Hestia can't fuck. So <laughs> let's say, yeah, Demeter. Well, Athena also allegedly cannot fuck, but yeah. I've never been on a podcast before in like a guest host capacity. I've only been a player on a podcast game. You you know, my history with spelling bees, Maddie. Yes, I do. I watched you in a spelling bee once. Yeah, you did. There's a picture (laughs) of us on Facebook. There is. That That was so fun. It was fun. And also, I'm destined to be second place except for the podcast spelling bee. Megan thinks that because she used to do spelling bees... That she has more authority over spelling than me. And she she does. She tried to claim that. And all I did in response was send her back a picture of my degree in linguistics and my award for outstanding student in linguistics. Okay, but where's the spelling bee trophy? <laughs> I should have asked my advisor fair, for a trophy instead of a certificate <laughs> for my diploma. I never got a trophy. Okay, so now that we've gotten all of the uh, 
housekeeping stuff out of the way, let's talk about what we're really going to talk about today, which is age and how it's relevant in how we read the characters and character growth and themes throughout the book series. So I'm, I'm not like a developmental psychologist or anything. Like I don't have any real credentials in this, but um, my day job is as an adolescent health educator. Um, and I have been in this position for uh, over three years now. And I, I have a lot of experience with like, um, specifically sex ed is like what my program is. And so kind of like, how you talk to kids about sex and just kind of like what's developmentally appropriate and like the different, we call it tasks of adolescence or like tasks of development where like the, you know, the, the different stages of growth and development that you go through from early adolescence on through, you know, the ages we are now, because technically you guys are still both adolescents according to my program's definition, because we use the definition of ages 10 to 24. So, oh my gosh. So I, I have one just month. barely not an adolescent. <laughs> Please teach me about sex before I turn 25 next month. <laughs> I don't have any of my any any of my props in this room, but Oh god, there are props. I mean, for for our trainings, we have like the um, you know, there's there's visual aids. <laughs> Megan, I just want to let you know that I'm really excited that you're here and I'm really excited to hear your perspective because as a nurse, I also do a lot of health education and like health literacy and stuff, but I don't work with adolescents. I only work with adults, but in nursing school, I did like take a community health class where we had to learn about this stuff because a lot of times in schools, sexual health is designated to the school nurse because nobody else wants to do it. Um, so I'm really excited to hear um, your perspective as like not a nurse, because my perspective is all about nursing and how to educate people that way. But I think it's so interesting outside of like a healthcare setting, how you guys talk to kids. And I don't know, I'm really, I'm really ready for this. I'm ready to hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't actually work directly with youth right now. I work with the adults who work with youth. So I am like kind of like the professional development kind of side of working with like the teachers and other people who implement the program that I coordinate. So I'm kind of like a step removed from it, but I'm, you know, I'm supposed to know all of the things to teach them so that they can teach the youth. So I'm trying to teach them the right way to talk to kids about sex is a big part uh, of, like, I love it. of like the professional development we do. And especially like my programs. Um, so, you know, th there's a lot of discussion about, you know, abstinence only versus comprehensive. And there are ways to talk to middle schoolers about sex without being shaming. Like you're, you're still t like talking about abstinence and you're not telling them like more than is developmentally appropriate or anything. But you are, you're not being like, if you have sex, you're going to die. Or this is a morally wrong thing. Like th there's different ways to talk about it. Even if, you know, and you know, the way you talk to a sixth grader is different from the way you're going to talk to an eighth grader. There's huge growth that happens in those couple years. I mean, we see it in the books. We see the difference between the characters in Lightning Thief versus the characters in Titan's Curse. Like you do so much growing up in those years. They get a lot you know, more. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And oh. that's why you have to change the way you talk about <laughs> things. Thank you. Huh. Um, what do you think sex ed is like at Camp Half-Blood? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't think they have it, which is the problem. The problem? I, I, mean, I think Will Solis is in problem. charge of all of it. And it's just a fucking train wreck because he's 16 and does not need to be the only medical professional at that camp. So Chiron's true. just like, okay, Will go ahead <laughs> hands him like a dildo and is like go ahead and teach them Will's like oh god well guys I, just, I also oh want to point out like do they go to school like the year-round campers it... do they I like the ones who are just there in the summer like Percy goes to school we know that but do the campers who don't go to school like who are year-round campers do they get an education not even sex ed but yes that just... but like do, does Annabeth know how to like long division I think she'd have to, but I don't know how. How? Like, who teaches her? Does was Luke her? Mr. D. Oh my god! Like, we're <laughs> stepping ahead. Of um, he's actually a, a math genius. 
God. I, it's kind of like the, the same question. Not to... I, I want to avoid talking about Harry Potter as much as possible. Don't want to give her any more airtime. But it, people had the same question about... In Harry Potter, like, do the kids go to... Like, the wizard... Not the muggle-born ones, but, like, the ones who grew up in wizarding families. Like, did they go to, like, elementary school before they went to Hogwarts at age 11? Or did they just, like chill at home until age 11 and then it's like here's your very first schooling ever and it's like you have to like deal with kindergarten or 11 year olds like it's just and in percy jackson it's kind of like the opposite because all these kids like go to school and then all of a sudden when they turn like seven eight nine ten and they start getting attacked it's like oh never mind you're never going to school again because you're probably gonna get murdered there and (laughs) they get sent to this summer camp and the rest is history I was seeing discussion about like how Chiron is so bad at his job. It's like, oh, we, we don't need to like prepare you for adult life because you're probably not going to make it. Jeez. Then, oh my God. Yeah. But then you go into new Rome and it's like they're adults. That's why they don't need sex ed. Chiron thinks they're not going to need it. Oh my God. <laughs> and yet he still imposes rules oh my God. Yeah. to make sure that they're that, not having why- sex with each other. That's why it just came up when Selena and Beckendorf got together. Like they they never had the issue before because they all died. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Man. Also, that's why there is no fucking way any demigod waits till marriage. They're not gonna make Oh no. Maybe maybe that's why like Jason is so like not as like expressive about his feelings, you know. Like Piper talks about all the time in the books how she's like man, like, I wish Jason would just break the rules for me. But, like, Jason is probably going to live until he's, you know, 30. Like, he's from Camp Jupiter. He's, like, whatever. He sees married people. He's, like, oh, I should probably wait till marriage. Like, wait until I'm in love or whatever. And then Percy and Annabeth are just, like, we're going to die in, like, three days. So (laughs) let's just do whatever the fuck we want. Heather's the musical Dead Girl Walking dot (laughs) mp3. Um. So I also want to talk about, like, just just some clarification here. There's a question of where do we draw the line in sexualizing characters who are children? And I, I want to talk about that for a little bit. Um, I think we're in a really, not necessarily unique position, but, like, we grew up with those these characters. Like, we grew up being the same age as them and, like, thinking of them as our peers. So I think, like, it makes sense to me that the way we relate to them has evolved in kind of a similar way. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i talked to Molly about this, but um, I always read the characters as my age because I did, like, I was always the same age as them. I'm a little younger. They're, like, my, they're actually my brother's age. But, like, that's, like, my age group. So I, yeah. whenever I was rereading these, because when I read them, I was the same age as them. And then I was rereading them. I just picture them as all like in their mid twenties because why would children be doing this? <laughs> children should not be battling monsters. It's terrible. So it just helps deal with the trauma that these children are supposedly going through. And yeah, I mean, I think we grew up with them and I don't think it's right to talk about children having sexual relationships with each other. Like if we were to talk about like Percy and Annabeth in the first book, like maybe that'd be a little bit like crossing the line, I think. Yeah. But we watch them grow together. We watch ourselves grow with them. I don't think there's that. I don't know if any of that made sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and, and there, there's also a difference between like talking about like sex as a natural part of human development and like your evolving relationship with it. And there's a difference between that and like thinking of it as like a, a sexualized thing. And like, this is something that I'm you know like talking about it like intellectually versus like as a like a titillating thing yes fetishization versus human condition yes yeah I also think that it's like really destructive sometimes to think that teenagers don't have sex or don't think about sex yeah yeah go ahead oh Oh, definitely (laughs) yeah yeah for sure like I mean especially in a sex ed context even if they're not having sex now, that's something that most of them are going to engage in at some point. So it doesn't make any sense to be like, oh, this is not something you need right now. So we're just never going to talk about it. Right. it. You're teaching them 
skills that they will need as an adult as well. It's a life skill. And, you know, it's one that we talking about it is something that we, you know, we all learn how to do as an adult. And, you know, too many people don't. And then we have all of the issues where, you know, people don't know how their bodies work or how their partner's body work or how to communicate in a safe way or in a healthy way. So yeah, pretending that they don't have sex or that it's not, you know, necessarily a healthy thing is, it does a disservice to them. Yeah. I also, I also think that Rick wants to talk about sex so bad not that he like wants to talk about it, but it keeps coming up because it's if you're writing realistic teenage characters, like it has to come up. And he, yeah, his goal is to write realistic teenagers. Um, so I think there's like little allusions to it. Um, we all know how I feel about the stable scene in Mark of Athena. Um, <laughs> we all know. Um, I think he wanted he wanted the older kids to read into that. He wanted, yeah. it's like, I'm not going to say it, but if you read it, that's what I meant. You know, I think the the middle grade, like if this were YA, it would absolutely have been talked about. See, here's the thing. I, the way I think about the series is I think of Percy Jackson as a middle grade series. And I think of Heroes of Olympus as a, a YA series, maybe lower YA versus upper YA. Mm. But I, I do think of it, and I I think the way that sex is kind of danced around in the books, I do think it's kind of appropriate for what these books are. Yeah, I definitely think, like, what you said about how, you know, if, if you know what you're looking at and you're reading into it, like, you know what you're looking at versus something where it would just go over, you know, if there was a middle schooler who had read all the Percy Jackson books and then was reading all of the Heroes of Olympus books, and they're like, oh, like, they were just kissing. Or maybe, you know, maybe they're ready for reading something where it talks about that. I just reread all of the Princess Diaries books that I had read for the first time in middle school. And she is a high schooler and she's talking about thinking about having sex with her boyfriend and like the things that go into that and, um, you know, being emotionally ready and physically ready and that kind of stuff. And I, the fact that I read those things in middle school really shaped the way that I thought about it later in life. And uh, it's not a Princess Diaries book, uh, but another Meg Cabot book um, called Ready or Not is all about a girl trying to figure out whether or not she's ready to have sex with her boyfriend. Oh! And the things... Ready yeah, or Not. Yeah, that's what the, the... Yeah. I just got that. Yeah. You told me that before. <laughs> I didn't get it. Okay. Yeah, so this was this was the book where I literally like I read this in sixth grade. I mean, I've always been a precocious reader, but I don't think it, it's a bad thing to be a precocious reader. Um, but I Megan mean, just thing, did a book... hair flip and like strutted out. Of did the I? Room. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember touching my hair. But I mean, it, it's just it's always been an issue when I was you know younger. Like my mom trying to find books where they were at my reading level but weren't things that were completely over my head but then I got into middle school and was able to choose more of my own books and read the books about sex (laughs) but but ready or not really goes into um so the plot is that this girl is dating the uh president's son very like red white and royal blue like kind of I was trying not to say it I was trying so hard (laughs) no it it really does, um, kind of. Like, it, it's not exactly the same, but I, I think if you enjoyed that, you would enjoy this as well. She thinks that he wants to have sex because he <laughs> invites her to Camp David over Thanksgiving, and she was like, oh my god, like, we're going away for the weekend. And he and... mentions that he wants to play Parcheesi with her, which I think of that, like, constantly Parcheesi. in my adult yes. life. <laughs> it is so funny. I do, too. Oh my god! Yeah, he says that she. He's like, oh, maybe play Parcheesi, and she's like, oh my god, Parcheesi could only mean one thing. He wants to have sex, <laughs> which is a great moment to think about uh, communicating openly. <laughs> <laughs> she talks about masturbation, and she talks about you know the importance of female pleasure and like taking care of like assert like asserting your own pleasure and like the importance of like it's not 
they're not going to know what they're doing. So you have to kind of like assert yourself. Anyway, just overall, the whole book talks about really important stuff about how like abstinence only sex ed doesn't work and female pleasure, masturbation, the importance of contraception and like how to know like if you are emotionally ready. So all of these things went into the way that I thought about sex at a young age, which I think if you follow the breadcrumbs led directly to my current career as an adolescent sexuality educator. I think that's so awesome. That's so cool. I'm so into your origin story. Is that what? I didn't even realize it was my origin story until I reread this book. And I was like, oh my God, this is literally like the first place I heard all of these things. And then, you know, I got into reading like other things and that like went into informing like my views on sexuality and stuff. Is that what Meg Cabot tweeted at you about? Yeah, she, yeah. I had tweeted that and like I always tag the author in my tweet if they have a Twitter. And she was like, that's exactly like what I wanted this book to be. Like I plotted it to show all of those things. And like I got a lot of crap for including those things that you are saying are positive. So like even though I think she wrote that book in like 2005 or 2006, she's like even like after all these years, it's really nice to hear that you saw it as a positive and I was like Mick Cabot is basically the reason I got on Twitter so it's just like this whole big like full circle thing you are so freaking cool oh my gosh you were just so cool (laughs) I feel like it makes me a huge nerd but that's okay so how do you think that relates to Percy Jackson because everything relates to Percy Jackson yeah so Percy Jackson doesn't really talk about sex in the same way at all Percy I mean like we said it kind of dances around it they didn't even address really like the whole like how do these kids end up here even though the whole premise of the series is basically the Olympians fuck (laughs) like (laughs) that's how the kids are there (laughs) so true except for Athena because it's only mind fucking in which case, why doesn't she have kids with women? I think because she does. I, I think personally she, think she does. It's so jarring when you read it in the book and it's like, oh, like these kids are gifts on men she has connections with. And I'm just like, that feels like a, a big like, oh, we have to specify that it's men. When I'm like, if you're going to you know, make it be a mind gift, why does it have to be that at all? If it's, but maybe- if it's purely an intellectual meeting of the minds. Maybe that was just from Annabeth's perspective because she happens to be a dad, like have a dad, and maybe she just doesn't. I'm going to say Athena is pansexual and can have children with whoever the fuck she wants. But Annabeth was like 13 and maybe didn't understand that. That's my maybe, perspective. Was maybe realizing some things about herself that she wasn't ready to name yet. Thank you, <laughs> Megan. This okay. Is why we have you on the podcast. Maddie doesn't get it. I just don't agree, and it's fine. Oh, oh yeah. I can't believe I've made it this far into the podcast without saying that I'm bisexual. Because (laughs) (laughs) I think we got that without you stating it. (laughs) The vibes. The vibes come through the audio. The the vibes are immaculate. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm sure there's more to say, but I think we've pretty much talked about all the points that I wanted to hit about, like, sexualizing. Because they're, like... To be clear, like, they are children, and I am not trying to sexualize children. No. Just, like, just in case there was any question on that, like, that's not what's happening. It's, yeah. I think it's more about, it's, like, the balance between sexualizing children, which is bad, and pretending that teenagers don't have any thoughts or feelings or actions about sex, which is also damaging. Yeah. So you have to find a little balance. And it's all about context, too. Because, you know, Rick couldn't have written the same thing that Meg Cabot wrote about ready or not like those are those are separate contexts you can't like hold them both to the same standards but so like I don't I'm not sitting here thinking like man they should have fucked in Percy Jackson because that's what fan (laughs) fiction is for um (laughs) (laughs) I think the way it's handled is correct for what it is Mm -hmm. but in this podcast (laughs) that's a different story friends (laughs) Like I, I said, the, D- the DMs are, are a different story. <laughs> I also, like I said in the last episode, and I kept it in. I can't believe I didn't ed- edit this out. I was, I literally said the words, I want to fuck Percy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I feel like that's why it's important to have this episode now to talk about, like, I don't... Clear the air. Like, <laughs> Don't ask forgiveness for wanting to fuck Percy Jackson. <laughs> I just... Everybody does. <laughs> also, like, Hermes Fox. They... I just... I, what? We need... <laughs> this is never addressed. The Hermes cabin is always full. Because of all the reasons that we talked about, or that that they say in the book, you know, like, all the, you know... Isle of Misfit Toys. Yeah, exactly. Like, he picks up everybody who isn't claimed. Um, But also, like, a very large number of them are described as having, like, brown hair and mischievous eyes. I don't think it's just that there's a lot of them. I think Hermes welcomes all the unclaimed children into his cabin for plausible deniability like oh no no no, no they're not all mine <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> here here's a great question that uh-huh. um i think fits great into this do the gods not know about contraception <laughs> i does it work yeah does my opinion was that it it didn't even matter like every time they have sex with a mortal, a kid results. I think I think oh, so. Oh, well, like the, but that doesn't that because doesn't make sense. I that morality doesn't make sense to me. Like, he, so maybe they don't actually have sex that much. I think they do, but I don't know. But I kind of think it's every time. I think maybe not every. Well, I think it does say actually that like. They're like gifts from the gods, like it's on purpose. I yeah, think. But, okay, yeah, whatever. But then, <laughs> but then, why would they like Poseidon was not supposed to have Percy? Like, if he could but, choose to not give that gift, like, wouldn't they? Yeah, just, wouldn't he because it was a gift to that? Sally, who he loved. He could have built her an underwater castle. He didn't need she to give no. her an illegal tri- child. But, but, but wasn't she like, okay, let's start. So we want to talk about Sally. So let's yeah, just talk about yeah. Sally. Um, uh, how old do you think Sally is? Because I feel like at some points they like allude to her being like 19 when her and Poseidon had no, their I think romance. I think that's canon, isn't it? What is it? I can I literally, I read so much fan fiction that it, it just blurs. Was she 19? Hold on. Has anybody checked the wiki? No. No. Because I, I thought it was canon that she was, like, 19. But then, like, in the movie, which I know has only the barest relation to canon, but, like, she is, like, firmly, like, in her 40s in the movie. I know, which is stupid. And, like, I think she does have that, like, air, like, the aura of, like, she's a mom. Like, a like a, a firmly, like, she's not, she, to me, she doesn't have the aura of a young mom. Hmm. But like, it's also, I, yeah. could it be that just being Percy Jackson's mom just aged her unnaturally? <laughs> that's, that kid that's was very a fair. handful. Son of the sea god. <laughs> Bath time would have been a mess. I could see her hair going gray by the time she was like twenty five, like Logan Lerman. <laughs> what a daddy! Okay, anyway. <laughs> oh, I, that's I can't so say funny. anything. I okay, so on on the hockey podcast I listen to. I'm always so mad when this one person says like I can't say anything about that because it, I can't be seen. I was always like that's a cop out. I want you to talk about it. I want to know. But now I really understand it. <laughs> I am a Leo Moon. I want my emotions to be seen. My emotions need to be front and center. But sometimes you're just being too seen. Earlier you said you hadn't come out as bisexual specifically on this podcast. But you did talk about astrology. Like, right off the bat. So <laughs> Right yeah. off the bat. You didn't need to say it. What I wanted to say is that I fully agree with Maddie about House of Hades being my favorite book. I think I've settled on that now. Yes, because really? it is a romance novel. Explain. No. Heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
No, I totally agree with you. I love Percy and Annabeth going on their journey together. That's and that's why I think that Percy and Annabeth lost their virginity after they got back from Tartarus. That is my in my head canon and part of it is because in Blood of Olympus they don't have their perspective so they can be doing whatever the hell we want them to be doing mm. off camera. But just in my mind Ooh. they totally lost their innocence like in Tartarus and then came back and we're just like, oh my God, we're gonna die in like a couple of days. So we might as well just everything out the window. So much to unpack and I'm just gonna slide so in right much. before Megan uh, starts doing her <laughs> thing. Um I just need to slide in real quick and say absolutely loving the idea that Blood of Olympus doesn't have Percy POV or Annabeth POV because they were fucking. Absolutely (laughs) love that interpretation. That's the only interpretation of that that I will ever accept. Thank you, Maddie. Okay, go ahead, Megan. So it's so interesting to look at virginity and as a loss of innocence, like you just posited there. Because so much of the book is, or the books is about their loss of innocence in terms of being involved in all of these scary things and, you know, all of these wars that they shouldn't have to be involved in at that age. The adults should have it, have their shit figured out and they don't. (laughs) And so personally, that's not a way that I would talk about virginity because it's putting, I'm not saying that like, it's not, I'm not like, shaming you for saying it that way because that is like a common interpretation no, no. i mean i grew up i grew up in america i had a public <laughs> school education yeah because private I schools took, are so much better than public schools i Come took on. ap english classes where every single book we read was about some white teenage boy losing his virginity symbolizing the loss of innocence i totally ha- recognize my biases go ahead no, it's it's totally a common like way to think about it. Um but it, it's interesting to kind of link those two concepts together like okay, like they've lost their innocence in that way, so like why wouldn't they big air quotes here lose their innocence in that way? There's so much to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz we were talking and about that's House just of my Hades interpretation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, House of Hades is a romance novel. That was my main point. <laughs> Agreed. And I agree. Yeah. I mean, Mark of Athena, I, I'm i not in the House of Hades boat with you guys. That's like a close second. Mark of Athena is absolutely my favorite. We all know this. Stable yeah. scene. You're so comfortable being so wrong. <laughs> Stand I'm... there in your wrongness and get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a West Wing podcast now. I just, I guess I've just had so much practice over the years practice at what being wrong being that's why i can say it so confidently so we really we gotta wrap this up dudes yeah maddie would you like to play our fun game yeah i think we should play our game i had no part in this it was all maddie 100 percent. did you not put anything in there oh no (laughs) (laughs) the last i believe that last bullet point is maddie i'm so sorry i couldn't think of anything (laughs) that's okay i think i have some good ones you do absolutely we decided to play a fun game of Would You Rather. Uh, So we are going to give you two scenarios related to the Percy Jackson series, and you will have to choose one or the other. Do you think you're ready for that, Megan? Um, Well, as we've discussed, I am a bisexual, so I don't have to make any decisions. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Don't worry. Maddie, it wasn't me, so they're not dirty. I didn't come up with very dirty ones because I was expecting Molly to come up with all the dirty ones. So I wanted to balance it out. And then Molly didn't have any of them. So I was like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> They're all I clean. I just mean like in general decision making. Um, I don't ever have to make any decisions. Yeah. I wasn't trying to make that a sexual thing. Maybe I can <laughs> buy. I don't know. Wait, do you not have to make decisions as a bisexual person? Yeah, you, you just get like a everything card. that's That's decided. You get a little that... card when you check in and... Then when you show that card, I have a permit, yeah, when you, I can do what I want. Yeah, when you show that card to the waiter at the Cheesecake Factory, then they choose for you. I'm still waiting for the COVID vaccine to make me gay. I'm thinking maybe after the second <laughs> dose, um, it will. The podcast will get so much better. 
I will. No, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it would be better if I was gay. Uh, anyway, I was just about to say I think we might need a resident heterosexual to keep us in check, but that's a big lie. No, I have not been keeping anyone in check. Megan, so. hey, congratulations on being our token Gentile. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Maddie, were you there for the conversation where we decided that my type, my whole life, even though I did not have the context to know, is nice Jewish boy? Oh, my gosh. That was 100% my, my influence. That was all me. Megan, you are I better didn't know it was my type, my friend. My I didn't mother, know it was my type until it was pointed out to me, but it is. My mother wishes that was my type, and it's not. So it's very upsetting. Even, <laughs> even the guys that I've been into that were not nice Jewish boys were actually nice Jewish boys. Like their vibes are nice Jewish boys. Percy Jackson? I believe it. Nice Jewish boy. Yes. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Would you rather? This is number one. And uh, please forgive me for this one. Okay. Would you rather ride on Chiron's back or <laughs> take a sip from Mr. D's Diet Coke? Well, this is easy for me. Definitely the Diet Coke. Ew, really? After Mr. D? After he's, like, already drank it? I mean, not in our current uh, level of virality <laughs> in the world. Um, but, yeah. I, That's fair. I, I've never, like, been a horse person or, like, been around horses. It's, like, really intimidating. Hmm. And also, like, yeah, I just... <laughs> Well, if you were at Camp Half-Blood, you wouldn't get a choice. You would just be picked up and carried everywhere. (laughs) Like kittens. (laughs) What about you, Molly? What's your choice? Those both sound so unpleasant. But also, Diet Coke used to be a big part of my personality in high school. Uh, Pilot Uh, G2 pens were a big part of my personality in high school. Mine too, except I've since discovered there are much better pens. Uh, There are much better pens. I personally think the most oh, underrated no. pen in the entire universe is those cheap ass big pens huh hard disagree oh okay 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 first of all <laughs> let's move on riptide let's move on molly riptide is canonically <laughs> one of those cheap ass big pens it's not like a how fancy... do we know that it says in and the text it, yeah that it's one of those cheap pens it doesn't look special oh. or anything yeah um so it's um, like i've never read Percy Jackson. Pen. and those are the only pens that consistently work for me also i'm left-handed so it, when i write in pilot g2s the entire side of my left hand is just covered in ink and bic pens do not do that and they are consistent they are clean i think they're so underrated i can't believe you just outed yourself as a left-handed person how embarrassing <laughs> How many marginalizations can can you reveal on this podcast? <laughs> but speaking of Riptide, how did it take them until nine books in to realize that they could just put that cap on the other end and use it as a goddamn pen? It was a real pen. <laughs> I love that Percy's never had the like idea to write with it. He's like writing is too close to homework. That's not something that I do. Like, we all kind of understand. Percy's a little bit of an idiot. Annabelle himbo. Did, sorry. Himbo. An, himbo. He's a little bit of an uh he's a little bit of a himbo. But Annabeth didn't even think about it. Do you know how much time Annabeth has put into Percy Jackson, battle strategy, Percy's sword, and more ways than one? Um <laughs> and she still waited until book nine to figure that out. Dear Lord, is she truly an Athena kid? Maybe she's just also picky about pens. Oh, maybe she is the one who's underrating she's, the big pens. She's always yes. got a different pen in. She's <sighs> she's got it just stuck in her ponytail. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> Did I tell you about the the time in high school that I didn't have a bobby pin, so I pinned my hair back with a paperclip? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because are, my bangs kept getting in. My you are face. not an enigma. <laughs> what's the next question okay speaking of percy and annabeth <laughs> would you rather go on an architecture tour with annabeth or go to an aquarium with percy hmm. i'm gonna say 
architecture because I think I am more um, sophisticated than I actually am. (laughs) My answer to that is aquarium with Percy. But the reason is he can talk to fish and I like knowing drama. (laughs) You want the fish drama. I want to hear all the gossip because you know that like all the fish are like kind of stuck together. Like they, they don't get to switch around tanks. So like Percy is kind of the only other person who shows up. He's the only change of pace that they get. It kind of reminds me of being in quarantine. Like I see my family 24 seven. And then when a new person, like when I go to the grocery store and the, like the cashier says hi to me, I'm like, Oh my God, let me tell you everything about my life. I have a parasocial relationship with my pharmacist. (laughs) It's that's exactly what it is. So Percy is the only other person that they see outside of their little bubble. So when they, when Percy comes, like they talk mad shit about everybody else to him. I just know it. He's their therapist. He's who they vent to. And I want to know everything. Um, I need to look at your chart again because you, you must have Gemini somewhere prominent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a twin. Does that count? Oh yeah. You might have Gemini energy just from that. I think so. Um, but yeah, Gemini's talk mad shit. Maddie, what would you say? I would say um, an architecture tour with Annabeth only because I am not actually a huge fan of aquariums. I think they're kind of boring. <laughs> but with Percy, um, some of the sea gods? I mean, I would go anywhere with Percy, son of the sea god, but okay. Are you ready for our next one? Yes. Okay. I think I might need to explain this one and like why it's like a weird, like it's a choice. I don't. I'm okay. Go ahead. Do you understand where I'm coming from with this one? so hard right now. (sighs) Okay. I think I do. Go ahead. Would you rather hook up in the Hermes cabin or in the Zeus cabin. And so my thinking on this one is not with a person from the Hermes cabin or from the Zeus cabin. It's just in that setting because the Hermes cabin, yeah, the Hermes cabin has a ton of people in it, like all the time. And the Zeus cabin has a giant statue of Zeus that watches you. Oh, (laughs) I didn't even think about that. So that is my, that's my reasoning behind why this should, should be a hard choice for anyone. Okay. Your I am I'm gonna say Zeus cabin because I don't trust what the stoles have done in the Hermes cabin. Mm. Yeah, you need a black I light in there. Don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in general, like there's gonna be booby traps, there's gonna be Dorito bags and Mountain Dew cans just all over the place. Cut. It, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a, a teenage boy mess. You pick you pick one, Molly, since you're on the thing. Um, we can't get into Don the Fawn right now. So we're gonna skip that. I have a I have a rant about the cot caught merger that we're gonna have to get into. Don the Fawn. Um we'll we'll get into it another day. Um I don't know, Maddie, you go ahead. Oh my gosh, I tell you to do one fucking thing, you can't do it. <laughs> I can't choose. I won't make these bisexual cards. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's non-transferable. Actually, you can have your own if you want it. Oh my gosh. That's a longer discussion. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> okay. But I'm not going to um, force one on you if you don't want. You choose it. <laughs> you do get to choose if you want that card. Well, I, I had the card choice. I had the card in high school and then it expired and I, I didn't apply for the new one, but I'm thinking of maybe revisiting the organization's website. Let me know if I can answer any questions for you. Okay. I, they have, <laughs> I heard they have a really good FAQ page on their, on their site. So we'll see. Cause we ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, pick one of them, Maddie. No, yeah. you literally just pick one, Molly. You want me to I pick? Know you- <sighs> God. I know you don't think any of them are good, but well, just no, pick I, one. I just can't figure out what's the best to. Okay, I um, know I don't know what the best okay. one to end on is. Play capture the flag or the war. No, game this one's terrible. No, this is not. I just a fun you told one. me to pick one. 
I well, my like, answer is going to be neither of them because I don't do physical activity. That's not yoga. <laughs> Watch my dogs. I literally texted Molly like while I was reading. Uh, I think Son of Neptune. And I was like, well, maybe Nico um, doesn't feel like he doesn't belong at these places. He actually just doesn't like organized sports and he just doesn't <laughs> want to participate in any of the sports. Oh um, and that's why he doesn't hang around. Okay, let's go for it. Let's talk about Don the Fawn. Would you rather oh my God. hook up with Grover or Don the Fawn? Is that the one from uh, from Son of Neptune? From... He's mentioned a lot. It is such an interesting, like, class consciousness (laughs) treatment of, like, (laughs) satyrs versus fawns and, like, the way they're treated in uh, Camp Half-Blood versus Camp Jupiter. But, yeah, it's got to be Grover. I wouldn't be happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) But, like... Why wouldn't you be happy about it? (laughs) Grover as like someone you have a crush on it's like good for Juniper it's not for me I always have Grover in my mind as the movie version of Grover yeah and I I don't know I think he's hot so I would go with Grover if it's movie version where he's funny and got got quips and stuff sure let's go with that I would be happy about that I always picture Grover as a nice Jewish boy That big curly hair. In which case, in which case, he would be my type. But there you go. So maybe I'm not right in that. <laughs> so maybe we talked me into this. <laughs> <laughs> um, head over to the Zeus cabin. There you go. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. On that note, I think. Wait. Or what? Megan has to plug her pluggables, so she has to tell everyone where to follow her and find her on the internet. She literally already did. It came up in casual conversation. I know, but this is, like, the official. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, first of all, since we talked about sex today, I want to plug um, some resources. Of, like, if you want to know some actual good sex ed information, Scarletine is, like, the OG of online sex ed. Uh, that is Scarletine, S-C-A-R-L-E-T-E-E-N.com. Um, I think is probably it it's got like the facts but it also talks a lot about like identity and stuff that like isn't just so much like cut and dry medical information so it's really great that would i think be my best resource also bedsider.org is a good one um I, yeah those are probably my two main ones um follow me on twitter at megan aflame slide into my dms if you want to talk uh, it works <laughs> about anything yeah um yeah that's how Molly and I became friends because so actually we have to talk about the actual genesis do we, of our friendship. Must we? Yeah, we do. Okay. We do. We do. Okay. We do. Um, which is that I got a notification <laughs> on one of my AO3 fix that she had bookmarked it and I recognized her username and so I screenshotted it and I sent it to her on Twitter and I said, no, 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 I no, see no, you. No, you did not I send emoji. it to me on Twitter. You tweeted publicly. No, I posted. Yeah. <laughs> Because we didn't have a DM relationship at that point. So I just tweeted it at you and I said, Wow, I that's you. embarrassing. I know. <laughs> that's so embarrassing <laughs> for both of you. For fucking both of you. Oh my god. I, I would delete I would delete the internet browser off of my computer if that happened to me. Oh my gosh. But the only reason I knew it was her was because she has the same username on AO3 as she does on Tumblr. Big mistake. Which I do which I do not. I have different usernames like everywhere. Like I don't I don't know why I don't use the same username everywhere, but I don't. So so if it had not been for that, it would have just been another notification and we never would have had those deep thoughts. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're here. And then I slid into your DMs to talk about Percy Jackson. So yeah, if you want to be my friend, you have to read my friend. <laughs> no, that's not true at all. You do have to follow me on Twitter, though. Okay. At Megan Aflame. M-E-G-A-N-A-F-L-A-M-E. Megan Aflame. Well, Megan, thank you so much for being our very first guest. 
I think I blacked out during part of it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I can't wait for you to go back and listen to the whole thing. It'll be I great. And find out what I said. <laughs> it was great fun. Apparently I'm British. I uh, can't wait to come back. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Fatal Flaw. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Fatal Flaw PJO. Music by David Thal from the band Glass Bandit. You can find them on social media at Glass Bandit Music. When I said we're going to wing it this episode, I did not know it was going to be like this. <laughs> You're the wind beneath my wings.